Huddle Podcast. I am your host, JR, and with me today is Alec Whitaker from the Penn State Podcast here at Big Banter Sports. It's a booze, bets, and what was ball, it? Ball. Boo- booze, bets, and ball. Yep. There we go. Okay. All right. I'll get it. I'll get it one of these times. So, uh, how you doing today, Alec? I'm good. I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Awesome. Uh, you want to tell the people a little bit about your podcast before we get started? Yeah. So, uh, ours is probably different than some of the other ones you listen to. We we like to talk about the bar scene. We like to talk about tailgate drinks. We have a, a crazy college kid that comes on and gives us the 15 leg parlays that uh, don't hit, but he you know does it to try to pay his grocery bill every week. It's pretty funny. And then we do a little serious stuff. Uh, you know, my co-host Nate is really into analytics and stuff. He's really good with that. So uh, we goof off a lot, but we also give a lot of interesting stats that you're not going to find at a lot of other places. So we, we have a good combination of things. There you go. So some stats mixed in with the booze. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> I like it. All right. Well, hey, if you have been listening for a while or if you've been listening to Alex's podcast, you know we are presented by Big Banter Sports, bigbantersports.com. Go check it out. There are tons of podcasts over there. We are starting some new ones uh, this season, and we also have one for every team for football, and we have a few for basketball. We're working on getting that set up before the season starts. So your home for all Big Ten information, teams, everything like that. You won't be sorry for following in. Just so you know, follow here at the Big 10 huddle we have new episodes every monday wednesday and thursday in the morning short little episodes generally about 15 20 minutes last week was a little bit longer because eric and i got to talking a lot but um you know that's that's how eric is and and we like him like that so like and subscribe and we'll get started with the show first topic of the show is the big 10 players in the AP poll. I was looking at this and what surprised me, what kind of shocked me a little bit was that in the first team, we actually have 10 big 10 players. And from the sec, only seven big 10 players. So what, what were you surprised to see here at the, uh, in the AP poll for the big 10 players? Uh, I mean, obviously the abundance of talent, I think, you know, a lot has been made that, I don't think Penn State, Michigan, and Ohio State have ever all been this talented at the same time. But then you add it, there's guys from Illinois. Like those, that defensive tackle duo they have is insane. And we did our season breakdown yesterday, and we were going game by game. And we we're like, yeah, like Drew Aller has to be ready to go game three to throw the ball because it's going to be hard to run on those guys. So obviously, talent there. Uh, yeah, just, and, you know, Cooper Dijon at uh, Iowa. There's just guys everywhere. It's not just the big three. And Braylon Allen, obviously, going to be, I think, a really high draft pick just because of his age, too, how he's a younger guy because he enrolled early. So there's just talent everywhere with these guys. I know that second team I believe he was on, but just kind of looking at the two teams, like it, it's stacked in the Big Ten. And obviously, next year when you add the, the four-pack 12 teams, it's going to be kind of semi-pro, I feel like, in this league. Oh, for sure, for sure. And uh, we didn't mention it last episode, but USC just got the 2026 top quarterback in that yeah. class. And, man, the the amount of talent that is coming into the Big Ten right now, it's uh, it's crazy. But we don't even have to look at that because we have all this talent <laughs> yeah. right here. You know, for, for years, for years, the Big Ten has kind of been known as only this 
defense conference, you mm-hmm. know, big, big D lines, you know, strong, kind of slow, but really, really physical linebackers. And, uh, you know, Ohio State, Penn State and uh, Michigan have really kind of embraced kind of the the smaller size guys on defense, but mm-hmm. they really beefed up their lines as well. And I think we we see that a little bit in here as well. Um, I know it's kind of funny, but uh, the punter gave us 10. So I like that. Uh, Tory Tory Taylor from yeah, Iowa. He's pretty good. He is good. Uh, it's, it's interesting when the best player on your team is your punter. <laughs> that was, that was records last know. year though, too, I think. So it's, yeah, it's kind of yeah. been a common theme in the big 10 actually. <laughs> Right. And I was talking to the other Alec uh, who will be mm-hmm. on next episode over at Rutgers. And I think he was telling me that the kicker this year for Rutgers could be the best team oh, wow. or the best player on the team. So, <laughs> you know, they're uh, they're really doing it a certain way over there, over there at Rutgers. So um, tell me, Alec, are there any players that you feel like the AP poll missed on or would have just kind of been right there? Fringe players that could have made the first or the second team. Yeah, for, for Penn State, I guess the second team, I would say. Uh, the, the first team I thought was pretty legit. Uh, I think Chop Robinson, the defensive end, has a chance. The, the thing is with him, he didn't have a lot of sack numbers last year. I think he had five and a half, but I'm pretty sure he led the country in pressures. He he was kind of got the guy that set the table for everyone else. And now I think that defenses know who Abdul Carter is at linebacker and uh, – Adisa Isaac's back another year healthy again and deny Dennis Sutton, who was a true freshman five-star last year at three sacks. He's going to have a bigger role. I think just that defenses are going to have to focus on these other guys too. Those pressures are going to start turning into sacks because I feel like there were times last year where, especially early in the year, he was kind of the focal point of what defenses or offense offenses were uh, looking to stop. And that's why it was a lot of pressures, not a lot of sacks. I think, he has a good chance to get to t- 10 sacks this year. And I think he had 10 and a half, 11 tackles for loss. That number could get close to 20 if he keeps that up. So he he was one, uh, you know, Abdul Carter then too. I know Harold Perkins was on that list, I think. I, I think him and Carter kind of equal. I know Perkins had like that four sack game or whatever. Carter did not right. have that. But he, uh, for a true freshman playing linebacker, I thought he did pretty good. Had some older fans actually tell me obviously there were a lot of good linebackers who went to Penn State but they said that in terms of a true freshman because you know back when Joe Paterno was there like true freshman never played they just did it mm-hmm. it was always red shirt they said in terms of seeing a true freshman play linebacker he's the most advanced they've seen and that included Michael Parsons now he, he was coming from defensive end going back to linebacker so there was a learning curve for him whereas Carter has I think always been a linebacker in high school and that so you know, he had that working for him, but he's a guy who was really good last year. And a lot of people think could explode this year, especially because of how good the edge rushers are too. For sure. And I think, I think that defensive style we were talking about a little bit earlier, yeah. kind of the smaller linebackers, almost like safeties nowadays, uh, really benefits freshman linebackers now because mm-hmm. I, I agree back then as it was kind of the same way with, uh, with Trestle and, and John Cooper and stuff at Ohio State and, um, uh, you know, other other coaches back in those early 2000s, 90s times, freshmen hardly hardly played because not not just because of the rule, but also they had to bulk up. You know, they had to get that size with nowadays you can you can be fast enough and you don't necessarily have to be, 
that exact size. So, all right, great stuff, Alec. I appreciate that. We have another topic now that is a little uh, not as good for the Big Ten. No. Uh, so if you have been following this song, and it's not been reported on nearly as much as I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. Um, I've kind of got information here and there. I didn't talk about it last episode because it felt like information was still coming out. And I wanted us to have more information before we talked about it. But Iowa reveals the total number of of athletes, not just football players, but total number of athletes impacted by the NCAA gambling investigation. The statement came out with nine or not nine, 11 athletes who who uh, got caught up in this investigation, 11 current athletes. I apologize. 11 current athletes who got caught up in this investigation, and one of them being Noah Shannon, the starting defensive tackle. What what does this mean for the Iowa Hawkeyes this season, Alec? Uh, yeah, I guess well, losing a starting defensive tackle is never good, especially in a league that runs the ball as much as the Big Ten does. Uh, and Penn State plays Iowa pretty early in the year, too, so if they don't figure out a solution by week four, Penn State will definitely try to run it down the middle. And I know Lucas Van Ness wasn't really a starter there too, but that, you know, losing him too, that's a couple of big losses on the defensive line, especially because they also lost, I think, uh, well, Jack Campbell's gone. I think Seth Benson's gone too, the leading tackle mm-hmm. or second leading tackle from last year. So there's a lot of like run stopping uh, production that's gone there. So that's going to be a little tough for them. But o- overall, I mean, it's just, I-, I guess it's going to be more mindful. I'm guessing it's going to be a little stricter, a couple more meetings on gambling and you know the problems that come with it if you do it as a athlete so i'm assuming that uh, the impact might be a little more in the locker room just things being a little stricter there than maybe on the field overall yeah that's what i was going to say was you know noah shannon obviously that that's a loss you know Mm -hmm. defensive tackle like you said running game in the big 10 that's huge but you know my question is how much how much are they having to address this in the locker room how much are they having to address this in meetings because you know so we talked last episode about the distraction of jim harbaugh being suspended but that's one that you can kind of just like have the chip on your shoulder and really just get after it and, mm-hmm. and say, Oh, we're going to play for our coach. But this one, this one involves the players. And so yeah. not only is it a distraction for them, but for Kirk Ferentz and what he's trying to do. Um, and we know that program is so integral in player development. I mean, Phil Parker has done a fantastic job with some of those players on defense over the years. Um, and it's just, it's, it's crazy. I don't want to spend too much time on this, Alec, but just, your future prediction, I guess. What are your thoughts? You know, the gambling expert you are, booze, bets, and ball. You know, the gambling yeah. expert you are. Will this continue to be a problem in the Big Ten and NCAA football? Will this whole gambling stuff kind of continue on like this? Yeah, I, I think it will actually. And yeah. we did our our season preview show last night, and we had Adam Brenneman on, the media personality, who I know we're going to talk about in a minute, but. He, he was pretty much – we were talking about uh, the Ohio State quarterback battle and how, you know, these teams hide – are kind of hiding who the starter is. And he was talking about how when he would call games, uh, you know, he'd go into a game and not know who the starting quarterback was for the game he was calling as an announcer. And he said – he kind of put it out like, I think this eventually has to get to the NFL level where they have to put out a set uh, depth chart. They have to – release injury news because there's so much betting going on with it. Now that that's outside mm-hmm. the programs, obviously, but I think we're going to get to that point where it becomes 
such a big part of college football where a lot of stuff that, you know, colleges don't like to release. I know Penn State hates to release injury news unless it's season ending. Uh, and they haven't actually released the depth chart now for a couple of years. So that, that kind of stuff I think is going to change. And with NIL, obviously that, that plays into it too. Uh, you know, guys, if they get de- like, are they going to get deals with places like FanDuel and stuff? I know there's a couple pro athletes that show up in like commercials and stuff for that, for those kind of uh, betting services. So that that's another interesting aspect of it too. So I, I think it's gonna become a way bigger part of it. Uh, there's way more money in college football than there ever was, not just NIL, but sure. because of TV, TV deals mm-hmm. and, you know, that kind of stuff. So I, I obviously if there's money to be made, it, it's, it's going to be made and it, it's definitely not going away. It's, it's probably going to expand a lot significantly in the next five years. I agree. Yeah. I, and I didn't even think about the fan duel deals and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that could be going on. That could be uh, just a much bigger, much, much more prevalent thing. You know, I, if we could just get more college athletes to sign deals like Will Levis with mayonnaise <laughs> yeah. and Bijan Robinson with mustard, you know, we wouldn't have to worry about this. Okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but I also don't advocate for mayonnaise in your coffee or mayonnaise uh, on your muffins. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, st- sign your deal, but don't, don't put mayonnaise on that stuff. Uh, and a shameless, shameless plug as we're talking about gambling. We, uh, we are going to be starting a big bookie uh, podcast here at big banter sports. So look for that to be coming out soon. That'll give you nice. all the gambling advice and stuff like that. Uh, that you might be interested in. We won't talk gambling a lot on the show, but uh, you know, Alex Show and Big Bookie, yeah. they'll have you set for all you. <laughs> all right, our last topic that we'll be talking about is grading Adam Brenneman's top five offensive coordinators in the Big Ten. So if you missed this, Adam Brenneman put out his top five offensive coordinators, and it was um, mysterious to say the least. Um, and and and. You know, we're not going to bash Adam here. Adam, friend of friend of Alex's show and yep. um, a, a good uh, Penn State tight end, right? Tight end mm-hmm. for years. Um, yeah. And, of course, he works with Big Ten Network and everything like that. So so we like Adam, but it was kind of a questionable, questionable list. Uh, how would you grade this list, Alec? Uh, well, your search being two, uh, we like. I Two might be a little high for him, but uh, he definitely, I think, deserves to be on the list. Uh, Longo was one, right? So, he, oh yeah, I forgot to mention the list. So yeah, Phil yeah. Longo number one, yeah. Mike Yersich number two of Penn State, Josh Gaddis of yeah. Maryland. That's if you the, didn't the realize one. he's there now, uh, and then how do you pronounce the Rutgers guy uh, name Kurt again? Shiraka. Kurt Shiraka yeah. uh, at Rutgers is number four, and then Barry Looney Jr. at number five for Illinois. Sorry, I forgot to forgot to list. Yeah, those. good. Go ahead. Yeah, um, it's a lot of Penn State ties in there. Is what I'm seeing, Josh Gaddis was an assistant mm-hmm. at Penn State before he went to, I think, to Alabama is where he... Wide receiver coach, right? Yeah, yeah, wide yeah. receivers coach. Um, yeah, because they gave... When Joe Moore had left, they were hiring internally for the offensive coordinator job, and it was between him and Ricky Ronnie, and Ricky Ronnie got it. So that was after mm-hmm. 2017. Uh, yeah, so he went to Alabama, I think. And then Kirk Scirocco was the offensive coordinator at Penn State in 2020. What came from Minnesota... Came to Penn State for a year, went back to Minnesota, not Rutgers. That was weird. So there's a lot of Penn State in there, I noticed. Uh, I'd probably put Sharon Moore on there. I know he hasn't been the true one play caller at Michigan, but they averaged, what, 40.4 points per game in 
mm-hmm. I think like 480 total yards or something like that last year. So I'd put him on there. I understand Brian Hartline has not really called a game by himself before. So I, I could understand not putting him on there, but I would not have Josh Gaddis on there. It would probably be <laughs> the, the one I would not, it would not be on my list. Uh, I know there's a lot of shuffling in, in the big 10 this year, because there was a lot of coaching changes. So there's a lot of new offensive coordinators. And so I can understand that this is a difficult list to put together right now. So you're kind of put it, you're putting on there the guys you're familiar with, which obviously three Penn state guys on there, Adam would be familiar with them. So I, I do right. see that uh, Longo did a lot of nice things down at North Carolina. Right. So we'll see how that translates to the big 10 and Wisconsin, which has never been much of an air raid or air at all, I guess. So right. that, uh, that I, I he has he obviously has done it other places, but I'll be interested to see how it does here. So yeah, I mean I understand the list because there's a lot of <laughs> unknown with other guys, but right. mine would probably be a little different. Yeah, here's here's my thing with Brian Hartline. Okay, I get mm-hmm. And I fully agree with Sharon Moore. Sharon Moore, he was co-offensive coordinator for two years with two different guys, and the offense was stellar both times um, with both guys. And Sharon Moore was a consistent one there. So in my mind, you know, he deserves some credit for that. Uh, But my thing with with Brian Hartline is even though he's never called a game yet, even though he's never, you know, been called plays or anything, he is still by far the best recruiting, you know, offense. I guess not by far. Sharon Moore is a very good recruiter too, but him and Sharon Moore are by far the two best recruiting offensive coordinators. I give the lean to Brian Hartline just because of the five stars and stuff that yeah. he seems to be able to get. But just by recruiting alone, I would think you'd at least have to give him four or five or something just to be like, yeah, this guy's in the position, but you know, he's also yeah. got two five-star wide receivers already committed and a full high four-star as well. Um, so yeah, it to me making this list was kind of like trying to make uh, a Big Ten quarterbacks list <laughs> this offseason. Yeah, the, I, yeah that, that's another thing. That's that's hard to make. I think we we looked at it when we were doing our uh, season preview. I'm. I think Tulia is the only starter who started game one last year or, or something like that. Cause JJ McCarthy right, didn't even start. Cade McNamara started yeah. the first one. Yeah. Yeah. So it, there's a lot of turnover at a uh, quarterback in the conference too. And that's hard because Tulia got hurt last year. So he wasn't yeah. his normal self. So it's like, <laughs> you yeah, just had all this mix up. You had JJ McCarthy and Tulia coming back, but then mm-hmm. you have all these transfers, Tanner Mordecai, Hudson Carr, Jeff Sims. And then you have, Ryan Day, who can't decide on his quarterback, but you know he's going to be great because he's got three first-round picks and three Heisman finalists in a row. So you're like trying to decide this. It's like anybody who puts out a list, it's like just get ready, you know, to endure the the hate comments because yeah. they're coming. It's more of a projection than like what you think right now. I I don't know how you could put a a Big Ten quarterback list for right now in there because. There's just so much unknown with it outside of uh, Tulia and McCarthy. Right. And, and of course, the media wants to do it because everybody wants to hear about quarterbacks. You know, yeah. everybody wants to know uh, what's going on. You know, and Drew Aller did play a lot last year mm-hmm. um, for being the the backup. He didn't start a game, did he? No, I, there are a lot of people that wanted him to after they lost to yeah. Ohio State because, you know, that's the end of your Big Ten run. And 
everyone's like, well, these games, you know, they don't really matter. I mean, I think getting the 10 wins and then getting to go to the Rose Bowl and win, it kind of matters. Uh, right. So I, I still think it mattered, but I, they did do a good job of getting him in. I think in games where against lesser competition, where you knew the defense wasn't going to implode instead of keeping this like Sean clip, the starter in when it was a 25 or 30 point game, they went to Aller when it was more a 17, 20 point mm-hmm. game, you know, like a couple scores less. And I think that gave him some valuable reps. Cause I guess the other team was still technically trying at that point too, which right. helps. So yeah, I think they did a, a pretty good job. He actually got more pass attempts last year as a true freshman than both Sean Clifford and Trace McSorley did combined before they became the starters. And they started as in their third year. And he's in oh, wow. the second year. Yeah. So I thought they did a pretty good job with that, actually. Yeah. Well, that's that's huge for for Drew Aller because mm-hmm. you know, this year there's a lot of expectations. Uh you know, Nick Singleton, Katron Allen, who Katron Allen, man, dude, people are not giving him enough respect. I yeah. everybody talks about Nick Singleton, how great he is, and he is great. Don't get me mm-hmm. wrong. But there were times last year when I was watching Penn State and I was like, man, give Katron Allen the ball because he's just eating it up right now um and yeah so mike mike yersich to his credit he has uh, a lot of weapons this year uh we'll see if dante cephas can kind of be that top five wide receiver that i think yeah, I, be. I i i actually uh i don't know if that's gonna happen so there's a lot of stuff coming the reports that come out of camp was the first one that came out uh right when uh fall camp opened was he was with the threes and oh, I wow. think part of that had to do with acclimation process, getting here, learning the playbook, you know, competition, uh, you know, leveling up from Kent State. Mm-hmm. But I, it sounds like Harrison Wallace and Keandre Lambert-Smith are definitely starting. And then wow. it sounds like there's about four or five guys for that third spot, mm-hmm. and that includes Liam Clifford, Sean Clifford's little brother, Omari Evans, right. a, a speedy sophomore who – Caught a couple of deep balls from Aller last year, actually in game. Caden Saunders, another—he's a redshirt freshman, but him and Aller were both Ohio kids and are really good friends and would play together all the time. So they have a built-in connection there. And there's Malik uh, McLean, the transfer from Florida State. So Cephas actually right. has a lot of competition for that final starting spot. So I—I I, my thing is I don't know if Penn State's going to have a true number one receiver this year like I don't think a guy's going to catch 60 balls I, yeah. I think the safer bet is that there might be five guys that catch at least 20 though I, I I think that's more likely than someone actually catching 60. Yeah kind of the hot hand approach yeah. who I who has it this game and who yeah. doesn't yeah yeah because well last year it was like that I remember um the Ohio State game, Parker Washington just decided, you know, mm-hmm. that he was going to completely take over the game. You saw Sean Clifford running yeah. for his life, and he, he just decided, I'm just going to throw it to Parker Washington. And it worked out more often than not. So. Yeah, they that, that's a big thing. They got to find – a lot of the guys they have now are athletic freaks. Uh, mm-hmm. Like Wallace was a really good basketball player. Lambert Smith, a deep ball guy. Omari Evans, a deep ball guy. They got to find the sure-handed kind of underneath guy that Washington was. I, I think that's – the one thing they might miss. And I actually think it's going to be the tight ends, Tyler Warren and Theo Johnson that pick up that slack more than a receiver does. I've heard a lot of good things about Theo Johnson. So uh, we'll see, we'll see uh, 
how the tight ends do this year. Yeah. Well, uh, hey, thanks for hopping on, Alec. Appreciate yeah. it. We'll go ahead. We're going a little bit later again, but uh, some good Penn State talk here at the Big Ten Huddle. Thanks so much for coming on. Do you want to talk about any of your social media or anything for your podcast there, Alec? Yeah, sure. So uh, uh, the podcast Twitter is three, the number three, and then a capital B, and then uh, pod, or yeah, pod PSU. Uh, that's okay. the username. And then to find the podcast on like a podcast platform like Apple or Spotify or something like that, uh, just type in Boost Bets and Ball, a Penn State football podcast. And then on YouTube, it's actually under Whitaker Media, W-H-I-T-A-K-E-R, and then Media, because I have it with other shows I do on there, so they're all under the same channel. So uh, awesome. if you want to find it, that's kind of the places to look for. Sweet. I will, uh, I'll find that and I will put that into the, in the description, uh, Whitaker media. So you can go there and you should be able to find your way to the podcast and all those other things from there. Reminder, we are brought to you by big, T- big banter sports, uh, big banter sports.com. You can find them on Twitter, TikTok. Uh, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, all of those places as well. Uh, I'll have the other Alec on with, on with me at the next show, uh, the Rutgers Alec. So we'll uh, have him here. And then Spartan Dog from Michigan State, their Bacon Wire podcast. We'll have him joining us on Monday for that podcast. Any final thoughts, Alec? No, I'm, I'm just I'm ready for the season to start. We've been talking about it a lot. It's I'm kind of ready to see it, I think, at this point. <laughs> Me too. Me too. Hey, uh, Navy Notre Dame uh, this Saturday at the very mm-hmm. least. So we'll get to see that. So, yeah. all right. Hey, thanks for coming on, Alex. Right, thanks it. everybody Thank for you. watching. Like and subscribe. See ya.